0: Hey, everybody. You've reached the May Fair Podcast.
1: I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, May 31st, 2022, coming to you from Zoom land because Eric's too busy to have <laughs> fun.
0: It's always something. This time it's but it's like always interesting and different thing. This time it's that I was getting a spare bed delivered, which is important to differentiate, I guess, because we have a spare bedroom, but it's always been like a blow-up mattress, so we were like, this time we're gonna get an actual bed, but then I didn't know that meant that it was like I'll be home alone and the bed guys will drop off the bed at the front door and then leave and not help me at all. So that was a fun morning. And point and laugh at you. Pretty much. I suspect that. But what they did do is they honked hard at some, I guess like, I'm assuming there was a car in front of them at the corner that was taking their time or whatever. But it seemed a little road ragey to me. But hey, I I don't know.
1: And as we record this, Andrew will be setting up at work. So that's why he can't come this week. And Lee is in California. I don't know where he is right now. He might be at Disneyland. He was there yesterday or maybe today. Has he been there the whole time?
0: The Disney adjacent or something? Or like, it's all kind of Disney, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know how far away the convention center where Celebration was is compared to Disneyland itself. I know it's in Anaheim, so it's in the same city. I'm guessing it's not that far away. Mm -hmm. He sent a picture out of him in Star Wars Land at Disneyland so he's double down on the <laughs> the nerd
0: and the money spending. <laughs> oh but yeah. That yeah. comes with the territory.
1: Yeah, and I don't know what it's it might not be too bad cuz kids are still in school, right? So if yeah. he's going on a weekday, I bet you the lines wouldn't be staggering. Hopefully not,
0: but I mean, I don't even know what's going on with them and well, isn't it like a isn't it a holiday? Like isn't it Memorial Day or something for oh, them? Oh,
1: you're right. Yeah. So it. Could so this be is a crazy. terrible day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because in the before times, Gwen and I had a plan to go to Disneyland in 2020. We were just gonna go off season sometime, you know, not during March break, not during the summer. And there's <clears throat> there's certain times that are statistically the best to go if you can manage to go September when people are back to school or stuff like that. And then COVID happened, so that that was our last vacation planned luckily we hadn't pulled the trigger on tickets or anything like that one day one day we'll get there
0: yeah it's hard to plan around so it was the same thing with like still like pretty much every day I talk to my best friend just being like I'm gonna come up to LA like it's been two years which is not even really that long in some ways but in other ways like feels long but I'm mostly just so paranoid about flying and like what i have to know like on, pre-covid on a good day it was already stressful flying and making sure you got all the stuff and you get to the places and all that and now i'm like am i pre-testing what do i do like do i what do i have what do i not have you know like it just it adds so much more stress to the situation
1: yeah i got a few friends one comic book artist friend who's a big shot and he's one of the special guests in Toronto in a couple months for their big Comic Con for Fan Expo. Oh, nice. And he said that's the only one he's going to because they're all back now. Like He could probably go to a dozen in North America over the summer, but it's income that he's missing out on, but it's just that I've also heard a number of people like, yep, went to the con and I got COVID and so Jeez. it's tough, you know, it's that wanting to get back out into the world and people keep telling stories of getting COVID, so.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and especially if you're doing meet and greets and photos and stuff, it's like, I don't want to say you're, like, begging for it, but, I mean, you're putting yourself in a situation where you're right there with strangers.
1: That's what I was most surprised. I thought some minuscule plastic curtain or plexiglass might be between you and McGregor and fans. And Lee. (laughs) And Lee, yeah. Lee specifically. But then... I thought it'd be weird. It would make Ewan feel like he was in a petting zoo. But Mm -hmm. Lee posted his photo with Ewan to his Instagram, and Ewan's got his arm around him. So not only was there no barrier, he was all in. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if Ewan was just like, yep, gonna get COVID this weekend.
0: Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess for him, it's like, well, Obi-Wan's already filmed. You know, it's released. I've had a good run. I mean, <laughs> I might as well just be in a bunch of photos.
1: <laughs> and I know at this convention, it was you had to show vaccination stuff and be masked at certain times and all that kind of stuff. So maybe there was that, too. Maybe before you got to meet you, and you had to double down and show all that stuff before mm-hmm. walking into the room. Because what's the math? I can't even imagine... Was it three minutes per photo? Was it five minutes per photo? He said hi to a lot of people, even if it was like a two-hour block or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's probably like two minutes per photo even. Like, I don't even know. You don't want to, like, rush it. But at the same I'm assuming you borderline have to, like, take a deep breath before you take your mask off and take the photo and then quickly <laughs> put your mask back on. Yeah. Everybody hold lot. your breath it'd be worth it still but it would just that's definitely a lot I feel for the wranglers having to be like okay you're done please stop geeking out to Mr. McGregor now
1: they must have it down I've never done it to be honest because for me I love conventions but I'm more into going to Q&A's and going to panels and checking out the stuff for sale I just never had it in me to pay a couple hundred bucks to stand beside someone I like for a minute and get a photo I'd rather go buy their comic book and get an autograph or buy a piece of art or chat with them that way hmm but lee's all in lee loves that which is great oh yeah but i'm sure they have it down where they're like okay let the nerd walk in the room let him talk for 45 seconds ask him to get <laughs> in place take the photo let them say goodbye push them out the door
0: tell them to have the force be with him
1: yeah they must just have it down just to kind of keep everybody content Mm -hmm. Because it's a whole business in itself. And some people get mad about charging for photos. But then you kind of got to realize if Ewan wasn't there, he would be somewhere else. He might be missing work because of this, whether it be working on a TV show or filming a commercial. And I think a lot of the celebrities have to pay for their own hotel and travel and that kind of stuff, too. So Mm. it's a complicated world, the geek convention world
0: yeah and i mean i'm assuming especially for someone like him that must be in your contract when you sign up to do obi-wan or whatever is like you're gonna you can't just ghost the fans afterwards like you gotta do (laughs) at least something you know you gotta meet lee once at least
1: well there was a shot of him going out and saying hello to the crowd and the crowd was going wild like it was the beatles (laughs) and ewan was getting a bit choked up you could see it and i'm like oh that's nice it's nice to have that relationship with us nerds instead of the opposite instead of being like oh i hate this job i'd rather be doing something highbrow
0: yeah, and it's pretty interesting because I mean I gotta think he could have had a very comfortable life if he had never done Star Wars at all. Oh yeah. He's been in quite a lot of stuff and I mean he's a very, very good actor. But, you know, at the same time you can really you can tell obviously he has a lot of love for the fans and for Disney even. Like I mean it's I don't even want to speculate how well that's done for him, but I gotta think yeah, he would he doesn't have to do a thing again in the rest of his life if he doesn't
1: want to. And it's another thing that really blurs this world we're in of TV and movies, where once upon a time, an actor like him, who on top of Star Wars did Moulin Rouge and Black Hawk Down and Train Spotting and whatever else, would never do TV. Mm-hmm. And now there's that blur where an actor, without seeming like a failure, can go back and forth between TV and film, where before, when Chuck Norris did Walker, Texas Ranger, it's because his career kind of petered out on the big screen. hmm And that's all different now. You've got Julia Louis-Dreyfus showing up in Marvel, MCU, TV, and movie stuff as this villain who's going to be a bigger part of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And once upon a time, they'd be like, no, you're a sitcom actor. You can't play a villain in movies. I like it now. It's, It's much better. I think actors were typecast very heavily not too long ago. Mm -hmm. and filmmakers as well and now they can kind of jump around a bit and do different projects Spielberg's the biggest example right where decades ago he did Jurassic Park and Schindler's List at the same time (laughs) before that they'd be like no 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 you're a sci-fi guy you can't do Schindler's List
0: yeah, I mean, it's funny considering where he started, you know, doing Duel and Sugar Land Express and stuff like that. And then to think War of the Worlds and West Side Story, you know, like, I mean, Saving Private Ryan, you know, like, you could pick a genre and he's basically done it at this point.
1: I still haven't seen this. I don't know where I would track this down. Maybe if it ever shows up on Netflix or something like that. But he did, I think, the TV movie slash pilot for Columbo. Oh, Really? And he was a kid. He was like 21 or something like that. And that, I think, is technically his first movie, TV movie. I think he did it before Duel. Mm -hmm. And he was doing the night gallery and stuff like that at a crazy young age because he basically crashed the system and made made a short film and that got him in the door. But yeah, I really want to watch that. It would have no fingerprints of him as a filmmaker, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be like, oh, that's very Spielbergian. (laughs) But I I still want to see it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like that with the early John Carpenter stuff where, like, you kind of get, someone's watching me and whatever, stuff like that. Like, you get sort of little peaks behind it, but it's not... I don't know. I mean, there's still gonna be people who watch that stuff and are just like, oh, brilliant, visionary. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they still gotta find their way or like Dark Star, John Carpenter. Like, that's another good example where you're just like, okay, it's not perfect, but you see the inkling of the inkling to
1: come. I've got to see that Elvis movie. I've still never seen the Kurt Russell, John Carpenter. Was it a TV movie? I
0: think it was, actually, and it's like pretty
1: long, I think, too. Miniseries, maybe? Like a two-parter or something?
0: More or less, yeah. I I could be wrong, but I think it was two and a half hours, maybe? Something like that.
1: I really want to see that. And that led to them doing The Thing and Big Trouble (laughs) and all those other movies? Yeah, now there's another two and
0: a half hour Elvis movie that's about to come out, too.
1: Yeah, I just saw the trailer for that. Tom Hanks is playing evil Colonel Parker. Oh, jeez, I don't know if I realized that. Yeah. He's all done up in makeup and has a heavy (laughs) accent. He's playing the guy who kept Elvis under thumb and made him do all those horrible movies and made him work 350 days a year.
0: And apparently they don't even really talk about his movie career in it, even though it's two and a half hours. They barely talk. And he was in like 30 movies.
1: See, that's crazy. I have seen... One Elvis movie. I've seen (laughs) Jailhouse Rock.
0: Of course. Hey, great track, too.
1: And I saw that, if I remember correctly, in my much younger days, TV Ontario, here in Ottawa and Ontario, had the amazing Saturday Night at the Movies. Oh, yeah. Where Elwi Yost would host a double bill of cool old movies and have interviews on the intermission and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure I saw it on that double bill, and it was an Elvis movie and some other... 1960s musical maybe maybe like a beatles movie or something like that but that's the only one i've seen which is crazy because i've seen everything and it always makes you remember if you're a fan of the 80s or a fan of animation or a fan of horror movies there's always more stuff hiding under rocks somewhere that you haven't seen yeah
0: definitely i'm pretty sure they showed a hard day's night i think i saw that on saturday the movies
1: it's probably where i saw yeah and elvis like yeah in a very short period of time he was knocking out i don't think i'm lying three or four movies a year and then they were like, okay, you're done. Yeah,
0: they're, I mean, let's be honest, most of them are the same exact movie. <laughs> like, It's not like they were really like going out on a limb there.
1: Yeah, they weren't hard to film. I think they almost did them kind of Twilight Zone style or Star Trek style where they'd be like, hey, we have a Western set. You should write a Star Trek <laughs> script where they go to a Western planet, or you should write a Twilight Zone where there's horses in it. And I think that was the same thing. Okay, we've got a race car set, so let's make some race car movies. We want to do some beach movies. There you go. Yeah. We want to do some military movies. Can you make a musical military movie? And they just would do a bunch. Same with Abbott and Costello, all that kind of stuff. They oh, yeah. they, they would write for what was available at the time.
0: And Corman as well, like was notorious for that. I remember he did the Raven and the Terror back to back, but then it ended up being like a lot higher and they had to keep reshooting and the cast was getting older and it didn't yeah. even, they thought it would save money, but in the end, it really didn't help all that much.
1: Yeah, I love showing stuff like that, but a lot of stuff's just not available theatrically. And it's always like, it looks good on paper, but it's like, if we hosted an Elvis festival, would people yeah. come to an Elvis festival? Like it's funny, it's kitschy. Yeah. It's so hard to say, it's so hard to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, and if you were going to, now-ish would be the time with that new movie coming out. But then if that movie flops, are you then (laughs) on the hook to play? Because, I mean, there's also a few of those movies. There's one in particular I can remember called Stay Away Joe. And that's one where he plays basically a Native American.
1: Oh, that's not good.
0: Yeah, and so he's in whatever face... I don't know. It's bad. I mean, like it could be worse, but that's not really a saving grace of a movie with him wearing makeup, playing a different culture. You're like, yeah, this is maybe, a, there's a reason they don't remember this, but I'm pretty sure that Burgess Meredith was in it. And so I'm like, Penguin, what are you doing?
1: There's so many movies like that of the time and it's not to excuse them. And you think, well, we're still in a pretty horrible place on our planet with various things, but hopefully we're not doing that anymore. If we did a movie a western or a musical or whatever we're not putting elvis in anymore if we're doing a pop movie with a singer you know they weren't even like making any
0: illusions about it like his name was literally joe lightcloud (laughs)
1: like you're like oh guys
0: please it's just one of those things that you just want to nope your way out of the entire situation yeah (laughs) so we probably won't play that but you know i mean there's, there's definitely, I don't know, not specific, I don't know, whatever that Aloha one was. He's in Hawaii. I don't, Who cares what the name of it was?
1: It's all the same movie. I think Lee got a box set of Western movies and a bunch of them were John Wayne. And he said a lot of them are cinematically, historically important. And it's like because of the filmmaker or Jimmy Stewart's in it or, right. or something like that. But he's like, oh, but now we all know that John Wayne was a monster. Should we be playing these for the other reasons? Or would people be too mad and be like, I don't want to watch a John Wayne movie. So it's deserved that these people are called out nowadays. But it's also tough if you are to gallows humor, laugh at it. You're like, oh, just everybody was bad. They're all bad. Yeah. Everybody was bad.
0: I saw a tweet the other day where someone was like, the reason you haven't seen a a biopic about John Wayne is because there isn't a screenwriter good enough to make him not look like an asshole. Yeah. Which is (laughs) is accurate. So I'm like, well, that's true. But at the same time, you know, as someone pointed out, I mean, that's actually better fodder for a movie than if he was like the best guy that everybody, you know, not everybody, but I mean, a lot of people seem to think he is. Like if you actually told the truth, that's a pretty fascinating story. Difficult to watch, but much more fascinating.
1: Yeah, you probably wouldn't get help from the John Wayne Foundation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it would be worth it. And after that, I heard there's this movie I'd never even heard of, 1937, called Idol of the Crowds. It's noteworthy because it was John Wayne in an early role, but he plays a hockey player. Oh, wow. There's like shots of the ice and the old time scoreboard, and he's like skating around scoring goals and stuff and it's only an hour long so it's a perfect josh special of a length but it's still like i mean you can imagine it's just typical whatever and oh, they try to get him to throw the big game and then he doesn't and every, everything's fine in the end one of those but it was pretty fascinating to see like you don't really think of 1930s john wayne so much he's just sort of a guy like still kind of a struggling actor at that point and i don't know to think of him playing hockey is just very weird like <laughs>
1: I wonder if he actually was on skates or if they did the old him shuffling around in sock feet and then cutting to skates and then like oh, cutting geez. cutting to a stunt person checking somebody.
0: I think there's a lot of stunt man because there's def- there's a scene where his legs and the puck and stuff but you're like okay that's pretty much definitely not John Wayne at that point <laughs> like yeah. I would he probably did not do any skating.
1: Okay, so, now that we've rambled on about a bunch of different stuff, let's actually... Yeah, a bunch of
0: jerks.
1: (laughs) Let's actually talk about movies we are screening starting on Friday, June 3rd. Oh, yeah,
0: big one in particular.
1: Let's get these other movies out of the way. Yeah, yeah,
0: those other junkers. (laughs) No, no, it's all good stuff.
1: Madeline Collins is a French Hitchcockian mystery. Oh. It stars... Virgin Ephera who we just had on screen recently in the Bonkers Paul Verhoeven nun movie called Benedetta? Oh yeah, jeez. And she's a big shot over in France. Like I think she's there I don't know, Kate Blanchet. It's funny that when we talk about it being a small world and we're like, no, it's an enormous world because all of our pop culture and celebrity is different despite us all having the same internet and Netflix and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's like a big award-winning actress over there who here really, besides for art house Mayfair type places, nobody knows, but this is a movie that it's one of those where I'm not, trying to find out too much about it because as soon as that word Hitchcockian gets thrown in there, <laughs> that means there's some twists and turns. And sometimes these movie critics, it's like they're writing an essay for school. They're not actually critiquing and avoiding spoilers. They're just giving you the synopsis. And I'm like, I don't want to know the mystery movie's ending. I want to just go watch it.
0: I'm intrigued. You had me at French and Hitchcockian. Yeah. So I'm already sold.
1: Then another French film set in the 1960s called Happening. And it is... Very timely, kind of a heavy subject, but very timely. It's about a young woman in the 1960s who faces an unwanted pregnancy in France, where at the time, abortion was very illegal. Yeah. And especially someone like me, who tries not to follow the news too much because it's all depressing, but... I watch John Oliver and Colbert, so that's where I get my news from. Mm -hmm. With everything happening in the Supreme Court down in the States right now, around Roe versus Wade and stuff like that, uh, this is very timely and a highly acclaimed drama. It is 99% all critics, 100% top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, which makes me laugh all the time because I'm like, who's that 1%? Yeah. Who's that one person?
0: That always happens, especially every time people start pointing out that something's 100%. I feel like within a week, there's always that one, you know, I hesitate to say one guy, but it's usually one guy. Yeah. Who's like,
1: uh, you know what? Uh, maybe not that good. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. you
0: just felt like you had to be contrarian, I feel like.
1: Then we have a Italian film. So three for three on foreign films. Ho ho. It's the Ottawa premiere of a film called Mondocane, which is a. Post-apocalyptic adventure with two 13-year-old orphans. The kind of Hollywood pitch in the press release was it's Mad Max meets Waterworld meets... And they just kind of <laughs> named, like, a bunch of post-apocalyptic movies.
0: Why'd you name Waterworld? I was like, that's not that helpful. <laughs>
1: that was in there. And I was like, wow, really? Waterworld? Mad Max, sure, but... Yeah, if you're gonna pick, I
0: don't know, that just seems, like, I don't even hate Waterworld, but it just seems maybe not the thing you want to, like, point out on the poster.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love these kind of movies, these kind of kid adventure movies, and it's not, like, I say adventure, but it's, I don't think it's, like, Goonies, per se, but it's about 213 13-year-old kids in the post-apocalypse trying to survive yeah and it looks really cool it was venice film fest best film and grand prize nominee so that's three foreign films we're very high bro this week
0: man and that also that sounds like they're like totally different movies i yes. didn't, I didn't yeah. expect you to end on a post-apocalyptic french film
1: or italian film italian film oh
0: right my bad it's, i got confused by the two french films yeah. and now yeah. i think everything's a french film
1: And then to wrap things up for the week of June 3rd, at long last, we have the new Nicolas Cage epic, which it's been abbreviated down to Massive Talent. Okay. Because it's one of those things where somebody said it's the same thing that happened with Birds of Prey. It had a really long title and it was confusing people. So (laughs) now I think if you listen to a trailer or if there's such thing as a radio ad, they're just calling it Massive Talent versus the unbearable weight of massive talent which is good because we can't fit that on the marquee so <laughs>
0: <laughs> so wait are we the ones who are mainly pushing for this is that what we're about so <laughs> yes yeah. it should just be called caging out or something or cage on cage i don't know
1: yeah because it's nick cage playing nick cage with buddy cop style with pedro pascal who's enormous in pop culture right now because he stars in the mandalorian and the writers and the director are I looked up their IMDb and they've done various things but what stood out for me is they did this sadly failed TV show called Ghosted that was with Craig Robinson and Adam Scott and it was a funny X-Files essentially. Yeah. But it was really, really good. It was so good it's one of those tv shows where i'm like i love this i bet you it's gonna last one season and that's what happened
0: yeah to be honest with you i never got around to seeing it but i like all of those people and i like the x-files so i'm like oh i should watch that and then i didn't and everyone else did the same
1: it was all of us except you And so, massive talent we've heard about this for a long time that nick cage was doing a meta movie playing himself and it's So funny, because, I don't know, a year and a half ago, people were like, are you getting this movie? And I'm like, they just announced the script. Like, we got to wait a little while.
0: Yeah, I was probably the worst for that, to be honest. But it's just (laughs) because, like, I get excited about these things a year or two in advance. And pretty much I'm excited for all of his movies until I see them. And then sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not as good. But this one... I've just been so hyped for a while. And, it, and it's kind of interesting because they brought him the script and it was obviously written for him directly. And then he said no. He didn't want to revisit his past films. He didn't really want to, like, make fun of himself. But then I think the director, the writer director or whatever, you know, got in touch with him directly and just basically kind of pleaded with him and was just like, just read the script. I'm a massive, massive fan. Like, it, it makes me think of if it was me, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. please, Mr. Cage, honestly, this is so good for you and all of us and the world. And he kind of just began, I think he saw it through, the director's eyes you know rather than putting his own spin on it and kind of getting hung up on his own past kind of thing so it's pretty amazing it's very likely they would have made it regardless but gotten I don't know who do you get that isn't case like I mean Christopher Walken maybe like I, don't even
1: know. I always think that with a movie with such specificity to a real person playing a mock version of themselves mm-hmm. like this one or say being John Malkovich mm-hmm If they just say no, do you make up a different version of the script and do a tiny little rewrite and then get Jeff Goldblum on the phone? Yeah that must have happened before and on one of these movies where somebody's playing themselves they must have had something where where the real life person was like nope don't want to do that
0: for sure well and I could see someone like Travolta doing it maybe or in a different world where he wasn't who he is Mel Gibson maybe like you oh, know yeah, but just, yeah, yeah. like there's lots of people who've had or, or Willis even you know like I mean there's lots of people who have had an illustrious career that are sort of in out but I mean all of that to say like I'm very very glad that he said yes and they did it and I'm shocked i think we're all shocked that i haven't seen it yet but i'm just i had covid basically when it came out or when the movie came out not when covid came out so it just kind of like is a happy accident that it's gone this far and i'll get to see it at the house of cage with some friends and i'm gonna be there saturday night opening night i guess
1: yeah, you knew we were gonna get it. So
0: yeah, it was like no, no, I'm not gonna say never in doubt, but it was like pretty much never in doubt. And now I'm at the point where I'm just like, I told Andrew when I was in on Saturday, I was like, I'm gonna fight anybody to get that poster. And he gave me a look, and I was like, all right, well I won't fight you, but like anyone. <laughs> so we'll see. Because he was like, I think we might only got one poster. I felt like I was in Mad Max or like Mondo Kane or whatever. I'm getting ready to take it down.
1: Yeah, well if we only get one, that means that. If it goes to your house and then someday we bring it back for a Nick Cage fest, you just have to give it back to us.
0: It's true. And it'll be autographed <laughs> by Cage. So I say it's Cage. It's actually just me tracing his handwriting. But still, it's going to look good. And we were actually, well, I would say we were talking. I was talking about how funny it would be if we made the guest room just Cage posters. That's inviting, isn't it? I mean, there's some really fun stuff. You know, when you're falling asleep, don't you want Cage looking at you from every corner of the room? What do you have so far? up on the walls currently we've got mandy obviously prisoners of the Ghostland, obviously i think those are the only ones up currently but i did have color out of space was up and then briefly got taken down and will end up back again i've got jujitsu which probably is a rare one but it's also funny because it's like visually not that interesting <laughs> like yeah. it's just he's just sort of there but man i think i must have a couple others too like i would i think i have at least six or seven i just like collecting them
1: do you have mom and dad
0: uh you know what no i don't i guess
1: huh if we have one we can give that to your collection and then same thing just we need it back if we ever have a nick cage fest
0: because i should be collecting these i mean even the not great ones none are bad of course but any the ones that aren't as great sometimes those are just i should have a willy's wonderland one but i don't even know if
1: that happened i don't think oh yeah does that even have a theatrical poster I
0: doubt it, but I mean, I have the shirt, so that's half the battle, I guess. But yeah, I, I thought that would be uh, funny just to start, you know, get a couple more frames and uh, get those up and have have a full-on cage
1: room. Just, just do it. What's the worst that could happen? Emily will love it. I think so. I mean,
0: <laughs> I, you know, and then plus, like, maybe if the ones in the basement are bothering her, then we'll just move them out of there and, like, just worry about the upstairs. And, and what she doesn't need to be in the guest room. It's the guest room.
1: Just play dumb. Be like, I've had these up for months. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, I'm always playing dumb. Most of the time, she doesn't think I'm playing. <laughs>
1: Perfect. So we're going to have to wrap up soon because it's funny. In past times we've done this, we rambled on forever. But as I speak, we've got a countdown clock at about seven minutes. So... Oh, really? Oh, jeez, I didn't even see it. Yeah, so in the past, we rambled on way too long, and they were like, how come we didn't get kicked off? So maybe because we've done it more than three times or something? I don't know. But before we leave, I just want a few more Mayfair announcements. One is visitors may have noticed that we have a new popcorn machine. The old one just died. It's sad, but I said it was like owning a 1937 Chevy, and then Gwen said, no, it's like owning a DeLorean, where you just—it's <laughs> really awesome, and— And you would love to have one, but it cost a fortune to repair and there's no parts available anymore. And so our poor old popcorn machine, it didn't just die one way. The power was on and off sometimes. The pump for the oil broke. The handle for the kettle broke. The thing that goes down, this little piston that goes down to spin the kernels in the heater, that broke. So it's broke a million times over. And because this world we're in with companies closing down and supply chain and boats stuck places, you can't fix it. We got a new popcorn machine via a miracle. I think we got the last popcorn machine on the east side of North America because there's none left and they're not repairing them. There's no parts. We got one that was sitting in a warehouse by Fluke and in the before times, it would be like, I want a popcorn machine and it would be like walking into Walmart to buy a microwave. Mm -hmm. But now it's so difficult. So anyhow, we got the new machine. It's going well. Everything tastes the same, which was the most important thing. Mm -hmm. But we have this old machine. You can't really, I mean, maybe sell it, but I don't know. But my dream is instead of it going into a landfill is somebody comes and picks it up and makes it into an art installation or a bird bath or something you know yeah so i put the word out today I'm going to go into the cinema soon and take some measurements and then maybe put it up on social media and someone said kijiji which i've never mm-hmm. done but is easy enough yeah so yeah so if you're listening to this at early june and you're in ottawa and you have a big backyard and you think it would be cool to have a broken popcorn machine get in touch
0: You're making it sound like, you know, not just any popcorn machine. We're talking like years of Mayfair fun and cool stickers and good times, you know, all that. Not just any. It's basically not even broken in a way.
1: And if I lived in a place with a big backyard in suburbia, I 100% would take it and turn it into a bird bath. Because I don't know why I have that in my head, but I'm like, that would be so cool. <laughs> You're obsessed with the bird bath idea. <laughs> it needs to be a bird bath. It belongs in a museum, Indiana Jones style. Mm-hmm. But sadly, like a lot of these things, whether they be old pieces of machinery or marquee signs or stuff from a restaurant, once they close down, you kind of close down. you know, Or like, you know, when a film set closes down, they don't keep everything because there's not enough room. Mm-hmm. So we have that popcorn machine and would love, to, love it to find a home somewhere. So uh, drop us a line if you have any bread ideas.
0: Yeah, somebody save it. We need this.
1: And then I'll just do another reminder that cinema was last Saturday, and so now we're entering our double-down cinema months for the summer with June 11th and 25th, July 16th and 30th, and august 13th and 27th so we'll have a ton of late late show 11 p.m midnight ish movies throughout the summer for you to enjoy that are free for members and members only
0: very excited and hopefully you know there's six lee can't possibly do six he's got to throw me a bone on one of those and uh, ask me to do one so yeah that's got my fingers crossed on that
1: and the last one well that you introduced
0: oh yeah people were loving it i gotta admit i cut out with four minutes to go because i wanted to catch the bus and not wait half an hour for the next bus at at one o'clock in the morning oh no so i didn't see the big twist ending but andrew assured me that people laughed so they were loving it while i was there so that's good
1: excellent and everybody was good nobody did the dumb thing of going onto social media right away and saying hey look what i saw
0: yeah exactly yeah (laughs) we don't need that
1: So thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to wrap things up before we get cut off by the internet. You can find more information on upcoming films at mayfairtheater.ca. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Advance tickets are available through events.com. And we hope to see you back in the Mayfair soon to see some awesome big screen movies and especially the awesome Massive Talent Nick Cage movie coming up, which we hope is the new Parasite. And we have it for 18 weeks.
0: Hooray for Cage. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, now I get to struggle to put together a queen-sized bed frame by myself because I'm too stubborn to wait for Emily.
1: You and the cats have got this.
0: Yeah, mostly me. We'll see what they can do.
2: Battlestar Galactica will not be seen tonight because of the following special, but will return next Sunday at a special time. 10, 9 Central and Mountain, following the new Roots. Tonight, a special presentation of the ABC Sunday night movie, To Millions, He Was the King. Elvis Aaron Presley. Hey kid, this Sam Phillips. Listen, you want to come make some blues? (laughs) The greatest entertainer of the 20th century. Tonight, meet the man who became the legend. I think you ought to seriously reconsider going back to driving a truck again. The man whose music electrified two generations of America. (laughs) Here now, Elvis Presley. Well, it's so simple country boy, the success changed forever. I'm Ellis Presley. I'm Priscilla Bowie. Oh, the man the whole world fell in love with. You know, sometimes it's hard for me to think of you just for girls. But never really knew. Well then don't. I don't need none of you guys, you got that? Go on, you're fine, you're off the payroll, man. Tonight, the myth becomes the man, the legend comes to life, The king lives again, Elvis.